Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Well, actually, might get arrested for saying that nowadays, I've heard. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry if that offends you. Um, season's greetings, I suppose. Sort of PC Brigade will have a saying nowadays. Um, but that aside, yep, it's the uh, final Rulerish podcast of 2016. It's been a memorable, memorable year um, for Tottenham Hotspur, but for... For Rule the Roost in particular, um, I can't think of any actual reason why. Um, just felt like something I should say. It's what, yeah, it's what they always do in these end of year podcasts, not even podcasts, end of year programs. I'm rambling already. Um, so I don't know if you've, if you've not seen the tweet I've just put out. Um, I say just put out, put out at the time of recording. Raj and Seb have both, fortunately, this week passed away. Um, Raj's illness has continued and Seb's just because he's old, you know, he, he nestled down into his armchair, put the fire on, put his afternoon telly on, his mug of cocoa, blanket over his knees and just that was it, just peacefully, just drifted off into into wherever, you know, who knows. Um, so that means in their absence, we are joined by... Um, a very special guest and f- very very special. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't think that's bigging him up too much. Um, yeah, thanks. Yeah, well, no pressure, Mr. Nathan Clark, uh, or you may know him as at TT Tactics on Twitter. How's it going, Nathan? Yeah, not bad. Well, that's good. That's a good start. Um, you so you've you've shunned another podcast on the grounds of being ill to appear on this podcast today. Is that is, that's you know? That's not entirely true, no. No, I've been putting off another podcast because I've been ill, and it just happens that you've slid in the tiny gap uh, in between me being ill and me being on the other podcast. Sounds a bit saucy. No, you've just put that <laughs> um, I did actually slide into DMs, though, so, you know. and That's look, true. Look what's come of it. Um, on a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, well, for, for anyone listening that, you know, hasn't hasn't yet, you know, Come across your work, shall we say? Um, I think do you do you want to? Here's a here's a platform now to tell the people a little bit about what it is that you do because it's 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 pretty spectacular actually, um, and that's even kind of, well, I would say so, mate. It's there's a lot of effort goes into what you do. Um, I was having a look through it the other day actually. It's it's nice, but go on, you 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 take to the floor. Uh, yeah, I just bring tactics nerdery to Spurs and I blog and write and tweet and now podcast about 
the the really sort of in depth analytical look at Spurs and and get overly obnoxious as a result. But you know, it's not kind of I'm not firing shots at this community or anything. You're not on the XG side of tactics and such, are you though? And uh, no, and... I I buy into uh, the the XG kind of things, but I I um, don't lean on them too heavily. Okay. I'll say that. Nice, nice on the fence. Nice on the fence reply there. I know you muted uh, Michael <laughs> Cayley. I thought that was. Hey, I, I you oh. know, I don't fire any shots here ever. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's a very nice man. Um, so yeah, check out check out Nathan's stuff at TT Tactics on Twitter. What's your website as well, mate? Um, uh, uh, whatever you'll find it. <laughs> See, find it via my Twitter. Okay, I like that. The nonchalance, whatever. Yeah, you'll find it. Um, right, so I suppose we should probably talk about. Um, actually, no, let's fuck, fuck football for a bit. Everyone's sick to death of it, probably. <laughs> um, have you done all your Christmas shopping yet, mate? Uh, such is the internet age that I did most of it online and then popped out for one day and got it all done. Uh, and then, like I said, I've been ill, so I didn't get anything for my auntie who was on my list, but that's it. Otherwise, I'm sorted. What sort of a man One does he get something for his auntie, mate? Sorry, I'm... she's difficult to buy for because she okay. has no uh, passions or interests, or she's like she's she's the most overly polite, like impossibly polite person I've ever met in my life. Like, and she and I've known her my entire life, and she's still that sort of frozen over, cares too much sort of thing. And it's it's hard. Like, it's lovely. Obviously, she's lovely, but it's hard to get like a a deep human connection with someone who's like always please and thank you. And mm. I, 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 I'm sometimes accused of being that way as well. Overly polite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Passive, overly polite, you know, too accommodating. I hear is, uh, yeah. it's something I hear often. Um, but if she, if, you know, if auntie is listening, happy Christmas, auntie, um, auntie TT tactics. Yeah. That's- Do you think she will be listening? Sure, I'm sure. <laughs> she can care less about football. I don't like her anymore, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, her husband, my uncle, is a Brighton fan, and uh, she sort of pretends to care about Brighton, but she doesn't really. Who does though? Really, you know? I bet your uncle doesn't even really, does he? Properly? Sure, no, no, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a nice new stadium they've got there. Actually, the Amex Amex Stadium. I'm living down in Brighton now, so I've been meaning to go to the uh, Amex or whatever uh, for a while, but I haven't got around to it. Have you uh, have you seen the development of our new ground at the moment? New ground? ground where, where do you stand on this? Ground or stadium? Which is... Uh, I would lean towards stadium, but I'm not against ground. Uh, so if Bob I... Bradley said it, though, there'd be trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Old game. Uh, I bought that three-game multi-package for the Champions League, so I've been to Wembley a lot. I haven't been to White Hart Lane since Sunderland, so I haven't really watched the new stadium develop from in person, so I'm sort of missing out on that. I need to get along. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. It's it's massive. It's absolutely massive now. Um, are you looking forward to it, do you think? As a, just as a general, I'm just picking your brains here, mate. You know, uh, it's, it's Christmas. Just... Slow time of year, you know. It's <laughs> it's so it's so uh, heavily positive and heavily heavily negative at the same time. It's 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 what has to be done in order to compete. But it's um, 
little soulless or potentially very soulless. Um, you're losing a, a, a culturally historic and worthwhile um, history part of London, part of Tottenham in White Hart Lane um, to move into the you know Nike Stadium, whatever. The Dunkin' um, Donuts Dome. <laughs> the Dunkin' Donuts, the Sainsbury Stadium. Um, <laughs> uh, it would be nice to have a cop. That would be cool. Yeah. Accidental Liverpool, but, you know. Let's call it accidental I'm, Dortmund. Yeah, I'm wondering what will happen to uh, the Park Lane Shell side uh, chance, which is my favourite. So, what, what, what's maybe be, I can see it maybe being upper cop, lower cop. You know, with the upper cop, Tottenham, with a lower cop, maybe. It's probably just not going to happen that way. Because the thing <laughs> is, the thing about the cop is, you know, like you've got at Celtic, you've got sort of like the main stands and so on and so forth. But you've got the Green Brigade that will just take up that random little corner. Um, yeah. I can see something like that happening. I can see it being a bit au fait to just be like, oh yeah, you know, it's all the fucking tourists go to the cop. The actual support is in this little bit, you know, by the by the Ralph Lauren outlet or whatever, <laughs> you know, or whatever the, the, uh, the yeah, Marco Pierre White restaurant. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be good. I think it's like you say, it's, some marker of progress on on match of the day. Um, I don't know. It, I, it, funnily enough, it gave me a, a little lump in the throat. Actually, that kind of uncomfortable, like, oh, kind of feel like I'm going to cry. Just you know, when something really hits you emotionally. Yeah. From the most unexpected of places was uh, in the highlights for Spurs Burnley. Jonathan Pierce of all people um, actually said something about like you know he was talking about the new stadium being developed yeah. and so on and so forth. And he, and he was just like, you know, he read out the billboards that were like, you know, those famous old Bill Nick quotes, game is about glory and to dare is to do in this famous old stadium, White Hart Lane, which will be no more after this season. And I'll be very sad to see it go. And I was just like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. I, I, and it's starting to, it's funny because it went through those different stages of, when it first got announced we were leaving White Hot Lane, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. And then I was like resigned to it. Okay, this is the, this is life. This is what happens. Then I started to see like all the plans for the new stadium. The girders went in and it was quite exciting. You're like, well, this is pretty cool. We're building this big new ground. And I'm still, I'm still kind of there. I do think there's a lot of positive to this. But now that it's creeping ever closer, now I'm starting to get that emotional like, Ah, oh, shit! This is gonna be this. Even though we're not moving away, it's still gonna be because there's so many memories tied to that place, right? Even just personal ones, not even all the yep. bl- bl- black and white and the stuff you see it happening in the eighties. Personal memories that happen there are, you know, it's, they're not going to disappear, but part of it goes with that. Um, I remember when we, the city guests we had on before when they left Main Road, they were just like, "Lads." Nothing nothing will prepare you for it. Like even though we were going into the Etihad and that was exciting you know, we were on this new era and whatever. That last game at Main Road everyone was in bits and it was pretty fucked up. So there you go. As long as we don't do it like West Ham did, you know. Yeah, maybe if we start new fight uh, fights in the new stadium then they'll we'll have to go back. We'll have to take this one down and rebuild White Hart Lane. Yeah, I hope so. Let's give that a go, yeah. shall we? It's worth it. Yeah, for... definitely. Fucking hell. Right, enough of this maudlin <laughs> shite. Tottenham Hotspur versus Burnley. Um, 
where to start, mate? What what were your what were your initial impressions on the on the game? Let's start, you know, in your sort of field of expertise. The the there was a bit of tinkering again with the formation. Um, how did you you know how did you feel about? That? Do you think that was a move to like cater for the fact that Alderweireld wasn't present, or you know, is this part of Potch's ever developing wankery? If you for want of a better expression. No, Wanker's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, it feels like he's. Um, to, to, to me, the problem that we've had this season is in central midfield. It's with Dembele, who's not been fit, and it's halfway through the season now. And I think he wants to solve that problem with Harry Winks, but he's doing it at the most painful, slow, excruciating pace, and he's playing both of them at the same time in a three-man midfield against a team who just put 11 players in the box. It's like, we don't need don't need three players sat around the halfway line when that's not where the action is. And it's just like, just, just be brave. Just just play winks in, in the two. And and if he fucks up, he's a kid and it'll be fine. Like, you know, are you Are you sold on winks? Are you, are you a fan? I'm completely sold on Winks. And that's not to the extent where, oh, he's a world beater, he'll never make a mistake, he'll definitely um, be as good as Harry Kane. But to the extent of he's perfectly functional, I think he can solve some problems. Um, you know, at worst, he's going to be um, a decent squad player. Let's let's get on with his development because we need him right now. He's a live wire, isn't he? I like that about him. Um, I do think, like, this isn't to, like, fucking piss on the parade or anything me never but uh you sort of touched on it there i do think there's there's almost a, a little bit too much excitement perhaps perhaps a bit too um bit too much expectation placed on him already that he's going to come in and actually like radically change things up i mean from everything i've seen he he kind of looks looks a people are going to take this the wrong way but bear in mind i i very much like this player and i was sad to see him go and felt he very much served his purpose. He reminds me slightly of Ryan Mason in a way, um, but he's obviously younger and there's much more room to develop. And I think his probably his distribution is already somewhat better than Ryan Mason's. But in terms of what I find similar is that he he doesn't seem to have a real fixed position at the moment. He just seems to be a kind of midfield entity that's, got loads of energy obviously is fucking delighted to be playing for the team at the moment so we'll give that extra bit um those kind of intangibles that us proper football men like to go on about <laughs> and he just yeah he does seem talented and he seems ballsy that's the thing that i really i really like about him he doesn't shy away from anything i think as much as i i love christian Eriksen, you know i, I you you can't really hide from the criticism that he doesn't you know he sometimes isn't f- eager to dive into challenges and so on and so forth and I get that's not really his function but sometimes needs must um, and I think that is something Winks brings to the side I do like him I like having him there um, we've got a Wanyama. do you I mean I was talking last week saying that I feel that like he's kind of been scapegoated somewhat um yeah that you know there's this idea that he he isn't 
a progressive player at all. That you know, having him and Dembele alongside one another is somehow stunting our play. And I was saying that you know, I, I can see that to a degree, but I don't overly agree with it. I still, you know, I think this idea that he doesn't play the ball forwards at all um, is false. And that, I, I don't know. I actually feel that probably Dembele is more at fault for this at present. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it, I, it's the combination of the two. I mean, it's not like Wanyama never plays forward, but I think he is limited to a degree. And when you pair that up with a half-fit Dembele, then there's very little coming out of that midfield. Like, uh, I, I tweeted out saying that I think that, that Dyer should be playing alongside Dembele at the moment. That doesn't mean that like Wanyama is useless, we should never have bought him, let's swap him off, he'll never play again. It just means that that's not a working combination. He's obviously a a hugely talented defensive midfielder and a decent ball carrier. It just means playing the two of them together just isn't working combination. I think Winks and Wanyama would work perfectly, for example. Um, I do... I do it is, there is something... Because the thing is, as much as I say that about Wanyama, there was something that was so glorious about Dyer and Dembele, wasn't there? Like They just... Yeah. They worked very, very well together. And as much as I did say last week that... Eric Dyer isn't Xavi Alonso as much as people want him <laughs> to be. He is a decent ball player as well. Um, yeah. Especially when we saw him in those those few times when he played at right back. Some of those crosses he would put in were absolutely sublime, like pin, like almost Beckham-esque sublime type crosses. Um, but it just feels, I don't, at the moment it almost feels that we don't really know what our, What's the best way to play with the players we have available to us? I don't know. Would you say that's fair? Well, I have a feeling how I would like us to play, but that doesn't necessarily mean that is correct because mm. I haven't seen it in practice. Uh, I, I would say Pochettino isn't 100% sure, and that's why he's experimenting and changing things up every week. Um, yeah. Deli Ali has, uh, he's, he's, you know, he's confounded. Um, a lot of praise that he got last year. Really, this season he hasn't. He's not been bad, but he's not been particularly good. Um, I mean, were he to have come into the team and played this? So, if you if you imagine he we signed him from MK Dons, yep. he came into the team and was playing the way he is now. Do you feel the criticism would have been less harsh on him? Because to me, he is still a very young guy, still learning his trade, so on and so forth, and he still is putting in fairly solid performances. Like I think his, his performances haven't been great, but I'm not entirely convinced that they've been as poor as many have said. But at the same time, I do feel that we are probably accommodating him a little bit at the moment. Um, did you see anything different? against Burnley I mean obviously he scored and it was a the type of thing that I'd like to see more from him you know just a you know ball got crossed in and he just put it away and that was it and maybe he needs to do that more maybe go back to basics a bit um but basically do you, you know have you have you started to see any seeds of change with Ali over the past few games that he might be coming back into some sort of form yeah, I, I get what you're saying about sort of um, expectation from last year. The hype around of last year was just immense and and uh, sort of the, the media as well really sort of excited about this huge starlet. And I think this different form was always going to come. 
Um, especially with this, uh, <laughs> he only scores goals type of player, uh, or if you're a dickhead like me, a round deter. Um, he, you know, he's going to have periods of blanks, and when he's got those, then all he's got is the fact that he disappears from games a lot. He can dribble a bit. Um, I, I feel like there's been a huge amount of criticism for every attacking midfielder this season. and I, Like I said earlier, I think our problems lie deeper and I think we should avoid focusing on the individuals of attacking midfield while our um, deeper problems are causing them all issues, I think. that um, uh, And that's sort of giving them a free pass when maybe they could pick things up themselves and make things happen, but um, I, I feel like there's a good reason that each of them at a time or collectively have been a bit off. Yeah. I, I think that um, we we don't have the um, dominance of the midfield area that means that Ericsson and Ali and Lamella, who's not fit, but Sun can all receive the ball to feet in space and have time to look up and take a pass. And that's not a... That's a situation we made for them all a lot last year, but it's not something that we're doing for them again this year. And then, obviously, as a result, they're not playing so well. We're calling them out individually. I think it's a, a systematic issue. So what you said previously that you know how you'd like to play, what what would you what would you do? Like if you, you, you've got the keys to the castle, you're there, you've got you've got your clipboard in hand, you've got <laughs> your I, I'd imagine you're more of a cappuccino manager as opposed to a Flask of Bovril. So you got your got your cappuccino, got your clipboard in hand. You there facing the lads. What do you do? How, how do you how do you line top them up at the moment? Are you red inch or yellow inch? <laughs> uh, I I like that. Mate. Would, this is done research. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I had a little video session looking through your YouTube ones the other day. Anyway, I uh, would Apologies. essentially play the team from last year. Uh, but with Winks in for Dembele, who uh, I think isn't fit and it's holding us back. And that puts a lot of pressure on Winks. Um, and he won't, of course, he won't be able to perform to the level of last season's Dembele. But I think he'll bring us closer to it than we have been so far this season. Are you on Wendy's payroll, mate? Is this what's going <laughs> on? Huh? Oh. Um, I'm not. And I'll call out Onoma and, and Carl Walker Peters if that will make you believe me. Wait, oh, you're not a fan of Onoma? No, I don't have anything against on him. I just don't think he's first team ready. That's all. Okay, I'm big. I'm a big fan of on him, mate. Like, don't be, don't be bringing the hate to Josh. All right. <laughs> I'm sure you see my desperate attempts to get the uh, the Spurs official account to send me a picture of on him, and they they're still refusing. Um, yeah, you're definitely muted. They they definitely blocked you. Hundred percent. Like hundred percent. Like I'm gonna start sending the exact same tweet as you to the same tweets and seeing if they respond to me and if they respond to me and not you then it's it's confirmed that's a good idea that's a decent anyone else care to join in on that one as well please do it could be uh could be good fun um i say fun in the loosest possible sense of the word but <laughs> fun nonetheless um right so our next game mate southampton um there was a you know there was a uh another reason for bringing you on this podcast as well um given that you do kind of infringe on our usp somewhat by discussing opposition teams so on and so forth thought we might as well consume you now at this point you know it's like kind of when 
Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth, they all just start swallowing one another because they realize they do things similarly, but just a bit differently. Um, it's kind of what's going on here, just so you, you're aware. But my meandering aside, um, we're playing Southampton next. Um, I haven't got a Southampton guest on. Um, so, do you know much about Southampton at the moment? <laughs> no, no, I don't. This is terrible. Uh, I, I reckon that I've seen less of Southampton this season than any other team. Uh, I've cut out this niche for knowing the opposition, and I just don't in this case. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, Claude Puel has sort of come in and sorted out the defence. They're very defensive. That's their strength. Virgil van Dijk is an outstanding centre back. Like 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 Alderweireld levels good, um, and they're maybe a little shaky, a little struggling in attack, and that is about the extent of my Southampton knowledge. I'm afraid that's coming. Virgil van Dijk. That's becoming the new kind of. I think now that most people, and I will say most people, most, and this is including this is including fans of other sides that I know anyway seem to all be unanimous in that Alderweireld is better than Koscielny now. Because that was always there, is it Alderweireld or Koscielny? does seem to be now Van Dijk has kind of crept up and he seems to be the kind of like comparison with Alderweireld now. Um, Which bothers me because it probably means that Liverpool will sign him in summer and actually you know address something that probably is stopping them from maybe being a lot better than they are, which is defence well, I think um, he might be too good for Liverpool now I think you reckon? that uh, City I think City might be in for him I think not that would a bad be a shout actually good good matchup though I'm just I'm just trying to load up um, trusty old who scored at the moment <laughs> to see a little bit more about Southampton Christ this is terrible isn't it but um, right <laughs> so I, do you know what I don't even really know how they're doing in the league let alone they just seem to just exist at the moment, Southampton. If you had to guess which place in the league they are, what would you guess? I'm going to say ninth. Ninth. Let's see what we've got. <laughs> Do you not know either? No, oh, no. This, is, this ninth, is amazing. Ninth is a good guess. I'm going to say eighth. I'll go one higher and say eighth. Fuck's sake. This is great content. Seventh. Oh, both are wrong. Are 24 did... points, six one United. West Brom absolutely storming it this year as well. Yeah, that'll be the NASA Chadley factor, even though he's not I in the team. So. Rondon as well. Rondon's having a good year. He's such a good centre forward. Why is he at West Brom? He's he is a European level centre forward who would improve. Mate, we were after him for ages as well. We should have been. We're um but do you think, do you, with regards to players like that, do you think sometimes we are maybe a bit snotty with some players? That, you know, because I, I just almost feel that, like, we... Janssen, for example, is a player we spent a lot of money on, and you can see why we did, and this is... Yep. But, it's, but sometimes do you ever just feel like, you know, maybe we should just sign as a back... If we're looking about a backup for Kane, maybe just chuck five million at someone that's scoring goals in France as opposed to let's stick all this money on I mean the next big thing. I mean the the Eredivisie's never really been a good market for strikers. I mean, well, you've got 
it's a wobbly market, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, so, well, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I should say, when you consider that Van Persie and fucking Ruud Van Nistelrooy came from there, who have been two of the Premier League's greatest strikers of all time. Um, much it pains me to say about Van Persie, um, but then when you think about, you know, for every Van Nistelrooy or Van Persie, there's been a, a Kesman or an Alfonso Alves, um, and a perhaps Vincent Janssen. Who knows? But uh, I don't know. Salomon Rondon's good play. But Southampton, fuck. Really digressing here. This is <laughs> this is a terrible podcast. I'm blaming you entirely for this, Nathan. That's not unreasonable. It's well. I, could, it's... I should have known that you would ask me with like five minutes uh, to come on a pod and talk about a team I've watched like maybe 45 minutes of the season. Yeah, that's fair. That might be search. That's fair. Because um, the pod's always so good. Otherwise, um, oh, pods. You know, you know, it's amazing. Um, but Southampton, I mean, really, we should, we should win this, shouldn't we? You think? They're, a, they're I think they're a, a, a tough team to play. You know, best of the rest and all that. But like I said, defensively strong, and that is where we're struggling against against opening up defensive teams. So, I uh, is it away? Is it home? Jesus Christ! I don't even know. I think it'll be a tough one. I don't think it's it's, it's at think Southampton, it's, isn't it? It's at Southampton. I. I I wouldn't be disappointed with the draw, to be honest. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get my hopes up too much on that one. Interesting. They are, um, like you said, best of the rest. There is a certain air of them being what we kind of were a few years ago. Maybe Yol era Tottenham, perhaps. Um, yeah, that's the sort of vibe I get from Southampton. Um, and I think it is kind of reassuring to see a team of their quality behind us now because I, I think it's you know I think it's as much as you look forwards it's always it's always just as important to look backwards you know um and see who is kind of chasing you and see see the teams that we are probably now comfortably better than and I, I, I do think that as much as we are always going to face that struggle against Chelsea City I don't feel that we're a million miles off of Arsenal now I think United are they're, I don't know, they're an interesting beast. You don't really know what United are. Um, and I, I do kind of feel we fit quite comfortably into a little bracket with Liverpool probably at the moment. Arsenal yep. may be on their own little thing just a little bit ahead of the two of us. But, you know, I don't know. The league's very bizarre at the moment. I, it's it's very hard to work out. It's very 2016, you know, the Premier League. Um But yeah, I have nothing, nothing really further to add on that part. We we have a, a good record against those sort of football playing mid table teams that we were sort of ten years ago. Mm. Uh, you know, Swansea not now obviously they're crap, but Swansea under Rogers and Everton and Southampton. But and those are teams who sort of they always want to come out and play like we did, and will suffer for it like we did trying to come out and play against the better team. And I genuinely don't know whether Southampton are going to come out and try and play their own foot. I mean, they're at home, so they should do. Um, that's the key thing. If they if they come out and try and actually play football with us, then we should win. But if they're going to sit back, um, we might struggle with it. Fucking South Coast big club wankers. Um, <laughs> right, so fuck Southampton. We're going to beat them 3-0 Spurs. We're going to take a quick break. We may, well, I may now be speaking to a Watford guest. I may not. You're going to hear the cockerel noise. It's going to be a lucky dip. You might hear a guest, you might not, or it might just come back 
to me and Nathan answering some of your questions. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know Janus and Daddy and Walker and Erickson, Mason and Gallus and Crouchy and Lennon, but do you recall? The most famous Patsy of Eric the Archie Scapegoat Had a very questionable haircut And if you ever saw it It's for the best you accept the notion of individual freedom of expression All of the cunts on Twitter Used to laugh and call him names Like a lesbian They never gave poor Eric Credit for his often good games Then one foggy Tuesday In Stoke Maurizio came to say Eric, with your dead shark eyes, be the man the opposition players despise. Then he became a bastard, diving in all over the shop. Eric, the RG scapegoat. Still polarises fan perceptions this day, so they're like fucking stupid, fucking Mrs. Brown's boys watching fucking Dago bashing fucking Brexit voting fucking jingoistic ingrate fucking twats it's nothing to do with the way in which he plays fuck off don't buy it that was shit Christmas thank you Watford guest if that just happened if not then you know I'm just spitting into the ether like I'm doing anyway um but let's let's do some questions well I mean just quickly first do you I mean would you expect us to beat Watford Nathan uh yeah yeah they had, so, a yeah. they had a decent start and they sort of dropped away. Um, but yeah, I think just just on squad ability, we should we should be having the advantage over them. We probably are primed for a Capu and Gomez masterclass, though. Um, 
So we should probably be wary of that. But at the same time, you both you kind of know what you're getting from both of them as well, don't you? Which is players that aren't actually that good. Um, but anyway, I, I like Kapu. He's, I mean, he, yeah, he's decent, but. Oh, in fact, I've got that. Okay, no, no, that's fine. I've got, I've got something in mind there. Go on, mate. Go on, go on, go on. No, go on. Well, I'm just looking ahead at the questions, and uh, okay, a certain name might come up. Oh, I see, I see. Right. Um. So, another good mic or another GD mic at at Kirikesh, but he's spelt with you know, like the band Churches. He's he's done it like over the V, but he's written Kirikesh instead of Church. It's quite good. Um. Anyway, he's uh, so it's at C H V R I C H E S. Um, he says, "What's the biggest area for improvement in your mind?" Um, he says, "Shot selection, Pochettino substitutions, etc." Um, if I were, if I were to dive in first and foremost, mate, I I would say definitely Pochettino substitutions are somewhat dodgy, but. At times, I kind of feel like you know, we we don't really have a lot of quality on our bench comparable to generally what's making the first team anyway, which is probably part of the problem of that. Um, so that aside, I think for me the biggest area of improvement probably is our fluidity in the final third. Shall I? Can I say that? Can I say our fluidity in the final third? Yeah, I'm with you on that. The way in which we move the ball around, but I, th- I feel that sometimes our play. Even on the break, it gets a little ponderous. Um, we're not really a, a lot of our kind of a lot of our forward play, to my mind at least, feels very overthought at times. And I feel we were at our best when we were perhaps a bit more instinctive last year, when players knew they would have options around them and they were just kind of pinging the ping pinging the ball about a bit. You know, <laughs> um, this year everything kind of seems a bit. Stop, wait, look for an option, play it inside, play it back out. And I think, for example, we saw this to very good effect. And so maybe, you know, we are kicking into gear against Burnley, our second goal against Burnley. It did seem that way that, you know, Rose left the ball. Sissoko has it. Rose continues with his run. Sissoko pings it forward for, to his credit as well. Um, Sissoko, good ball there. And then Rose just yep. went for it, smacked it in. <coughs> I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, that's probably a poor example because that, you know, is an instance where our yeah we're on the break and it's a wing back and it's a player that doesn't even make the first team at the moment. But your likes of Ali Eriksson, someone he plays. If we get Lamella back, Kane even. Although I think you know, although. His his success is always going to be underpinned by you know and judged upon how many goals he's scoring. I think Kane's been putting in some decent performances the past few games as well, um, taking on quite a bit of the burden of the sort of play outside the box, which is maybe yep. something you could criticise him for. Um, but someone's got to do it. Um, so I don't know. I'll put that over to you though, mate. You you're you're better at this sort of thing. I, I'm just here for banter, mate. So. <laughs> All right, well, I'll tackle shot selection because that's sort of a bit uh, XG, which I know you're averse to. Uh, there's a lot of noise at the moment about sort of where we're taking our shots from. Uh, we always take a lot of shots from outside the box, but at the moment we're taking our shots of exclusively from outside the box. Um, 
and I think the reaction there is, well, why are we doing that? Like, uh, why can't we see we should just pass it into the box? And obviously, we we don't have a team of, of sort of seven Andros Townsends. Our players know um, the best place to shoot from. It's not a, a matter of knowledge or coaching. It's... Um, uh, a matter of ability, which is what I come back to you before, the sort of systematic issues from central midfields. So um, our shot selection to poor because it's a symptom of existing issues rather than an issue in of itself. You've lost. Does that makes sense. Yeah, you've lost okay. me, mate. Uh, but you're, you're speaking to you know this is like trying to explain to a chimpanzee what happens inside a building, you know. So although chimps probably got more mouse <laughs> to it than I do. Um, no, it does make sense, mate. I'm just, you know, just having a bubble, you know. Okay. Um, let's have a look at some of our other questions. Okay. So Sam Marlowe, at Sam Marlowe 95 asks, if you had to buy Pochettino a Christmas present, what would you get him? It's quite a decent Morgan Schneiderlin. <laughs> ah. Uh, no, uh, okay, that. I feel like he uh, he's getting away from the suits a bit, going a bit too tracksuit. I'd buy him buy him a nice suit. Like uh, I can't afford a suit, so like maybe <laughs> like a nice sort of lining handkerchief to go in the uh, on the chest there. Oh, like a little bit of a sort of like a pocket square. Yeah, I'm thinking. You know uh, the sort of third kit from a couple of years ago that's sort of like a bright blue, sort of shining. Blue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get that a tie in that colour and uh, and a pocket thing in that colour as well to go on his suit. Uh, although he he does seem like the sort of man that would get quite angry, as in like you know you know the whole kind of the the scene in can't remember. Yeah, it is Goodfellas, isn't it? Not casinos. The the you know I'm funny how funny how my joke to you. You know, um, yeah, yeah. You can imagine him being a bit like, oh, okay, so you're telling me to to dress more smartly, eh? Hmm. Just kind of giving you that look, you know, kind of looking into your eyes. Yeah, you know, do you have a problem with the way I'm dressed or something like that? You know, some... I'm going to start reacting like that every time someone buys me deodorant <laughs> or aftershave for Christmas. That happens quite a lot, actually, for me as well. Too much. I, I do notice that. Um, maybe I should act on that. Um, but yeah, I do. I don't know. He does seem like he does seem like a sort of man that. He holds a grudge, Pochettino, gives that smile as if everything's all all right. And then, you know, as we've seen... Shoot you in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, Eunice Kabul and such. But in terms of, like, uh, if I were to get him something, I think, like, he's a man that, like, you know, he, I reckon he'd like... He, 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 you can tell he probably loves his red wine. I think Definitely. he... Yeah, I reckon he loves his beef, like... Because he's, he's gone a bit tubby, Poch, again at the moment. I like it when he's like this, because he always comes back... From, you know he enjoys his summers... He always, because he probably goes back to Argentina, fucking stocks up on red meat all summer, has a lot of red wine, a lot of probably bread, so on and so forth, comes back, kind of gets in shape again when he starts getting his train. But around this Christmas time, the podge comes back a little bit. And I like it when he's like that, when he's got the, the chubby cheeks and so on and so forth. I've probably given this too much thought. But <laughs> I reckon a nice bottle of red, I think he'd like that. I'd like yeah, to. Yeah. <laughs> Like to feel like I could, or maybe a Malbec, something like that. See him sit down with that, and I'd like to. I just like to watch him drink it. I wouldn't even want want a glass. I just like to see him with one of those massive, ridiculously impractical, massive red wine glasses, sticking his you know hooter in it, giving it a good sniff, 
having a drink from it and then just sort of giving you a look as in like, why are you still here? You know, <laughs> do you think I was going to give you a glass? No, I'm not. Um, but yeah, I reckon so. Maybe some red wine or just some beef or can you get, is there any, where can, I don't, I don't eat red meat. So do you eat red meat? Nathan? Yeah, I, uh, my diet is sort of 70% red meat. So, uh, is, that, yeah, is, is that for gains? Are you a gains bro? Uh, I'm becoming a gains bro, but it's naturally my diet anyway. Okay. All right. Becoming. So, what's the. Let's. I, vote, I, I like this. I like unearthing oh, this part. Uh, I, for those <laughs> who are listening at home, I am a short, fat, hairy man, and I'm trying to fix that by doing weights all the time uh, so I'm replacing the carbohydrate in my diet with protein and sort of gradually decreasing the protein as well you know um, well white fish is the best source of protein mate so it's, you know it's a myth that it's actually red meat just just FYI so but, you know. yeah but white fish is tasteless isn't it Jack so, that's true well, and, it, and, it, and it smells and it's yeah it's fishy um yeah. But yeah, that's true. Um, well, it's good. It's, there's nothing wrong with being a, a short, fat, hairy man from one to another. So <laughs> oh, I'm not that short, I don't think. Maybe. I'm not going to say how tall I am just in case people are like, yeah, you fucking are, mate. I couldn't handle that. I can do all this. I can talk by you know, Twitter and on my podcast and that. But you know, I'm a very awkward man in real life. Very awkward. Um, yeah. Right. Let's have a look. Sean Gormley at Sean Anigan. Sean Anigan. Ah, I see what he's done there. Uh, uh, it's, it's quite good, that one. He um he says, you are in charge of January transfers, but are only allowed to sign currently active former Spurs players, Bale and Luca excluded. <coughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. So... <clears throat> Again, my I think our problem is in central midfield. We need a central midfielder, um, which basically means sort of Huddleston or Livermore. Uh, I don't know who else. Who else is? Oh, Capu, of course. I mentioned Capu earlier. Yeah, I would re-sign Etienne Capu from Watford uh, and and stick him in alongside. Well, I think I think that he sort of had a fallout of Pochettino, didn't he? So maybe um, that wouldn't go down too well with with Mauricio, but I think talent-wise, he would uh, do us a favour. Because it's, it's interesting, is it, with Capu? Um, it's easy to forget, before that injury at Arsenal, how fucking good he looked for us um, yeah. for a while. I, I know it was only based off of the back of a few games. Um, and obviously, you know, whatever's happened behind closed doors, you can't take away from that, you know, the stuff that we don't know about. But on that on that very basis, yeah, maybe. Interested that you've not said Sigurdsson. That seems to be the go-to. Um, you're not. I like Sigurdsson. Would you? Would you? I, do you reckon he'd be? I mean, my my. I I. You know what? I like Sigurdsson. I do think he's good. I liked what he did for Spurs. <coughs> I like what he's doing for Swansea, and I think he looks very good for Swansea. I wouldn't want us to resign him though. I, 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 just, I just don't think he's as good as Ericsson. Uh, you know, and maybe no. he's, maybe, you know, I know it could be competition for Ericsson, could be good foil for him, but I just, I think, you know, look at Dempsey, you know, the sort of player when they're asked to kind of play a part as opposed to being the fulcrum of a side, he struggled. And I think Sigurdsson, 
is great, but he is kind of the main outlet, if you like, or at least everything goes through Sigurdsson at Swansea, and he wouldn't have that same luxury at Spurs, and it would make me question, you know, how effective he'd be as a result, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I totally the whole sort of he has to be the main man starting every week in the middle where he wants and everything has to go through. A uh, perfectly valid concern to have about Sigurdsson, but he's still probably the best talent expert that isn't Modric or Bale um, kicking about. So, yeah, it's the obvious answer, isn't it? What about Dimitar? Uh, <laughs> he was slow, like sort of five, ten years ago. Um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine how slow he must be now. And I don't think that would go down that well with Pochettino, would it? I still think he's got. I still think he's scorer for you, though. Kicking about, sort of, oh, the balls over there are just like a fag sort of thing. Oh, I, I, I loved him so much for that for that very reason. What a glorious, glorious man! Um, Did you watch? Uh, he was uh, he played against Arsenal for Monaco, and it was um, just ridiculously good, like amazing. Um, just the first touch of God, just sitting players down with his first touch. Did you watch the game? It's one of my favourite non-Spurs games of the last several years. Beautiful. He is. Oh, he's incredible. And that's, I, I think that's the, uh, this is something I've often, often said with Seb, is that like players like Berbatov, they just feel so, so Tottenham. And that's kind of, and I, this isn't a, a backhanded swipe at Pochettino or anything, but I feel that this, it's these type of players that can provide I don't know, just that Van der Vaart, Berbatov. I think that's I think that's Ginola. the, the Tottenham of yesteryear. I think that's talented individuals who don't really know each other that well. I think uh, yeah, completely. But you know, we're we're not going to have that under Pochettino, and uh, like, yeah, we are obviously all the better for that. But there is something like the sort of memories that are created by players like that is you know something that is. Is it worth the trades? Yeah. Would, you, would you swap it back? Well, what have we won this way? That's, that's all I'm saying, mate. We we won, won third just... place trophy. That's true. That's true. Um, it's, it's a the rabbit. Game hole, is about financial progress. Game is about net spend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ollie X. So we're going to go with Capu then, though. Not Sigurdsson. Yeah. Yeah, on the basis of sort of being sensible rather than dreamy. I bring Ledley out of retirement. Get him in <laughs> for these sort of games. Yeah. When older Wyrell's not fit, just get him. He, he, thing is about Ledley, he could probably still just jump in and do an all right job now. I reckon, even after he a couple of years out of the game, he was he was a couple of years out of the game when he was still in the game. Like he wasn't training, he wasn't playing most weeks. He was essentially retired like ten years ago. So there's definitely sense there, isn't there? Oh. Does he still go swimming? To maintain it, I don't know. He like would run into what is it like jets and stuff, wouldn't he? And I don't want to start talking about it because I just I don't know. There's that part of me that thinks like you know, this sort of this year, maybe next year would be like his final year, really real. Because he's only he's still only thirty five, I think now thirty four, thirty five. So yeah, player of his caliber and of his essentially skill set. Would still be playing now. Um, and it'd be nice yeah, to... if he wasn't injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's. What would I'm he still be at Spurs if he wasn't injured? <sighs> I don't know. That's that's the other question, isn't it? That's the well, forever plaguers. But in the instance that he was, 
you know, Alderweireld is is his replacement. Him coming in for European games, <coughs> filling in here and there. Oh, Ledley. Anyway, maybe he'd be maybe he'd be coming back from Real Madrid to have his last year out at his boyhood club. So, yeah, last season at White Hart. Oh, mate, don't. I'm going to cry. I, I genuinely cried in his testimonial. Like, Oh, I, that was one of my favourite experiences of my life, testimonial. I was uh, Paxton buying the goal for that. What a, what a game. Yeah, lovely man. Um, Bowels of Oli. See what he's done there. Um, at Oli Xcore asks, Levy's January lethargy aside... Where would you most like to see a strengthen in the transfer window? Let's set a right, let's set a cap of yeah, we're talking transfers around twenty mil tops, right, with standard sort of wages. Who would you realistically like to see us bring in and where do you think we need to strengthen? Well, such is the the thing of Bond Spurs is that I don't I don't want to know the name of the next player. I don't want us to sign players. Like, you know, <clears throat> we knew who Musa Sissoko was. We didn't know, or I didn't know who Janssen was. And I, and, uh, or who Deli Ali was, who Eric Dyer was. I want the next, and I, I think we, again, we should be looking in central midfields. I want a central midfielder who's uh, <coughs> 21 years old, looks, plays like Dembele, and can come into the team, and I, I don't know his name, and that's sort of the point. And we won't get a suitable replacement from a name that I know. I, I said Morgan Schneidlin, but he won't be affordable. I, I guess um, Imbula at Stoke would sort of do okay in that role. I don't know how much he would cost, which is a bit boring. He doesn't make great podcasting going, I don't know, some bloke I never heard of. <laughs> it's, the, it's the way it is. Taking a leaf out of my book there, mate. I don't know, just, you know, someone. Someone that can do some stuff with the ball and it will mean good things for Spurs. But, you know, there is some truth to that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. I agree, Jack. Um, <laughs> I don't know. who. I'd, I'd still take, mate, I'd still... I, I reckon you're not going to like me saying this. I just got, Go I just got a sneaking suspicion. I'd still... He, but he wouldn't be 20 mil. He'd be a lot more. But I, I like Zaha. I do. I get I get shit from Rajan from Seb for that. I think Zaha's a, a, a player. I do. I like him. He's definitely cracked on since we were linked with him, given that. I don't think... I think he gets quite unfairly lumped in with... Uh, he's just another Andrus Townsend. I really don't think he is. I think he has a lot more ability than Townsend ever did and ever will. Um, and he had that dodgy phase going to United. I think it was maybe too much too soon. Maybe, yeah. you know, a bit too much rumpy-pumpy with Lauren Moyes or whatever it was that happened. And uh, you did hear about that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was ever... I think it was probably not true, was it? But I choose to believe that it was true, so it was. It would, it would be quite funny if it was true. Because then there was a, like a, an almost like a fake Lauren Moyes Twitter account doing the rounds as well, wasn't there? That <laughs> I com- did. Yeah, that confirmed it. But it was quite a good fake... T- it wasn't just like at David Moyes' daughter, you know, and it was like saying stuff like, me and Wilfred have gone out to Pizza Hut tonight. He's making me pay, you know, that kind of shit. Seed. I like it when they put the, the effort into fake accounts. It's like when uh, someone's on someone else's Facebook and they, uh, I don't like the term freight, but they do that. I, like, I prefer it when they 
put the effort in and make a believable liar rather than just like I'm gay and shit. Yeah, you know? like like what are they called Forest Green News. Is it Forest Green News? Yeah, Forest Green News. They they are they. I mean, they come out with some pretty like a dodgy stuff every now and again. I'm a bit like, oh lads, come on, you're pushing the joke a bit much there. But yeah. the way they execute it, at least, is. Uh, is it's very good it's very convincing there's a lot of effort gone into that and they've they have managed to catch they've they've got me before but they've gotten some you know that you've seen their tweets appearing on like during <laughs> during the election during the US election like BBC news picked up on their tweets and Jesus yeah so on and so forth so um yeah there was one about being at a Trump rally and saying they heard everyone kicking off saying you know this is a vote against the blacks and blah, 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 something dodgy or another, um, which is like I'm saying, this is part of their dodgy Twitter, but got picked up by BBC News being like, wow, there's some unconfirmed reports coming in from Manhattan that this type of language is being used at a Trump rally. You're just like, Jesus, <coughs> due diligence, guys. You're the BBC, you know, but anyway, fuck it. Um no more questions, mate. I think I've probably taken enough of your time this uh, this afternoon. So thank you very much for filling in. Um, hope you. No, hope, thank you for having me. Oh, that's all right, mate. I hope, I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, Windy, um, one of those questions actually. He he did try and have a little mug off um, at Windy Coys. I'm sure you know plenty of you all know him. Um, he said, "How do you feel about stabbing me in the back with a rusty blade when all I've ever wanted is for you to be happy?" Care to care to respond to that one at all? I've already responded on Twitter. I linked into uh, the tweet about these recorded in the next wrench without me. So uh, you know, oh, it's two way street, isn't it? Yeah, no, no room, no room to argue there at all. Then, um, so fuck you, Wendy. Basically, fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you very much for your time this afternoon, Nathan. And uh, I hope the audience uh, enjoyed it as well. Um, if you do want to listen to any of the previous episodes of Rollery's fan, uh, Rollery's what? Rollery? I was about to say Rollery's fan base. I've got that. I, you know, I'll tell you why I was going to say. It's not my fan base. Yeah, this is because I got that stuck in my head because I just said, when I just said, I hope the listeners have enjoyed it, I just suddenly thought, the listeners, what a fucking ego twat. You sound like Ty from Arsenal Fan TV saying that, don't insult my fan base. Um, and so I've just said Rollery's fan base. So. I have gone accidental tie. Fuck this. You know where to listen to it at RTR <coughs> underscore pod. Have a good Christmas. Eat shitloads. Drink responsibly. Um, come on, you Spurs. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.